Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Podcart Podcasts. My name is Helena Rafai. Occasionally, we bring in special guests to speak about the records that have soundtracked their lives so far. For rights reasons, music may be shorter than the original song. This week's guest is Beer Jacket. Welcome to Podcart and welcome to another podcast special um, where we invite someone in to speak to us about their music. And today's guest is Beer Jacket, aka Peter Kelly. Hello. Hi, hello, Helena. It's been a long. It's been a while. When was the last time that we spoke to each other? Uh, I think it was when the White Feather Trail was not yet out. So that mm-hmm. would be about two thousand eleven, maybe two thousand twelve. That's ridiculous. It is a little bit. Um, so I, I just tell this story every time I guess that we get together is that <laughs> the first time I saw you was supporting Tom Vec at Oran Moore in 2005, October 13th, 2005. That's specific. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you that. <laughs> and uh, that was it, really. Um, and then, obviously, I, that was before I'd even started blogging um, and podcasting. So you've got a, a new album, but it's not just music. It's uh, 12 stories and 12 songs. And yep. you've got this beautifully illustrated book that you've collaborated with Julia Dugan. Mm-hmm who is a musician, but also uh, an incredible artist as well. Yeah. Um, how, what's been happening since, well, for the last seven years since we spoke? Gosh. Well, there was another record in between, but the, the record that I did last time, I think, was, I think it would only have been possible to make that kind of in that, that kind of aftermath of having made the White Feather Trail, um, which was basically... It was the last time I think I could envisage making a traditional album, just of songs. I knew that something would have to change after that. I didn't really know what it would be, and I didn't for a moment think that it would be writing a book, because I've never written things before. I mean, I've, I have I have in my head, but I've never actually put anything down before, so... That has accounted for quite a lot of the time in, in, those, in those intervening years, you know? Um, so kind of conceiving of that idea, asking, does this sound like a good idea of my best friend and my wife? And um, neither of them remember the conversation that I had with them that then led me to spend several years writing these stories, you know, to go along with the songs. And then, you know, you mentioned the illustrations and things. Again, I'm not an artist. Mm-hmm. And, and Julia insisted, she said, no, you should, you should draw all the pictures. I'll make them look good, but you draw all the pictures. Um, and so you should have seen. I mean, Julia, if she listens to this, Julia will be laughing at the what I actually handed her was uh, basically like really badly taken photographs of my drawings with like shadows of my hand over the top <laughs> of them, stuffed into a, a poly pocket, you know, lever arch file, just the most 
absolutely grim looking piece of work you've ever seen. The words were there, but the way that it looked, you know, I could never have imagined that it would end up looking the way that it does now, which mm-hmm. is just this, this beautiful thing. And and I think especially in this kind of time of streaming and, and music being almost impermanent, you know, and being kind of always kind of floating about in the in the ether, I really wanted to anchor it to something. And so she's really helped me to do that. She's made this object, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of housing all of these things that I'm passionate about, the, the words and the music, and also the, the way that, that, that it looks, you know. It was all in my head. I never could have imagined that it would be in the world. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk more about um, the the new release as uh, throughout the podcast, but I do this th- thing where I ask the, the guest to pick six songs that have kind of soundtracked their life so far, and... Uh, You've got a mighty list. Um, I say this every time when, like, I don't know if this is my favourite list so far. So, uh, but yeah, potentially it's my favourite one. Uh, so, Prince and Purple Rain is your first pick. I mean, I had initially probably put Kiss down yeah. because that's the one I, I remember kind of waking up to Prince when I was a little boy and I saw that on top of the pops. And that was a real sort of. It was a moment where it was. It was. A, I think people talk about David Bowie like this a lot about sort of just him being like an alien, and Prince was similarly just like I couldn't even in my infant mind try and figure out what on earth this thing was, Prince, you know. Um, but I think the the song that encapsulates best, you know, why it is that we miss Prince is just Purple Rain. It's just the most incredible, um, open-hearted emotional picture of what it what it feels like in the abstract to feel all of these things, these emotional uh, kind of explosions. So, at the same time, just so so honest. There's no way that's not that's not coming from a songwriter point of view, but it's also so abstract and so uh, creative that I couldn't imagine ever sitting down and writing that that song. So when you listen to a song like that, particularly if you know you are a songwriter, I think you just kind of marvel at it. You mm-hmm. kind of think, what's the point actually? Yeah. You know, what is what exactly <laughs> am I bothering for when th- there, there was Prince? The fact that there was at one time actually Prince in the world should probably have wiped the slate of almost all musicians. Like, yeah. They should just have taken a good 20 or 30 years off maybe come back when they listened to all the Prince records that were being made in that time. <laughs> and what what was the other music that you were were listening to around the same time? The big three, Michael Jackson, yeah. Madonna, and Prince. That's yeah. the that was the sort of triumvirate, you know. That, that uh, I mean, they they were all at that time just sort of these untouchable alien pop stars. Yeah. But the difference with Prince, uh, and not to take anything away from Madonna anyway, because I'm a big kind of eighties Madonna fan. I love 
like like a prayer is one of my favourite albums, definitely. Although I don't know what number that would be. I mean, how many how many albums would I say are my favourite albums? There's probably about three hundred of yeah. them. So uh, quite a wide hall of hall of fame or whatever to be one of my favourites. But uh, but yeah, Prince is just a whole other breed, though. And I mean, he's the greatest musician that's ever lived, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You know and. Um, and and my opinion's right. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. Obviously, Prince has has uh, yeah. You say he's the greatest musician to have ever lived. Uh, where does Jeff Buckley stand then? Ah, uh, it was too early to say, wasn't it, for <laughs> Jeff Buckley? I mean, that's the the thing. I think like it was all promise. You yeah. know, you saw just a little glint of what that person was going to create. You know, um, but he could have been though. I mean, he had incredible amazing abilities and amazing talents and and something quite kind of otherworldly uh, which is similar to Prince but I mean I don't know I think he was more, I think the thing that's left maybe more by him is this kind of enigma like nobody really saw the full picture of what he was capable of although I suppose we don't know what the full picture of Prince was mm-hmm. either you know with that, in that vault um, that um, I secretly was given the keys to and I've heard it all and it's really good I'm like I haven't heard everything inside Prince's vault my eyes widened yeah, then of course <laughs> uh, but no I think the uh, yeah you just saw a little glint didn't you of Jeff Buckley and what he could The last goodbye is the Buckley song that you've selected. Um, why this one above everything else? That's a kind of, I think that's as close to a kind of pop song as I think Jeff Buckley ever did. Uh, but it kind of contains all of those kind of trademark things that go so far beyond pop music or, or anything kind of uh, linear. You know the, I suppose. The fact is that nobody could ever sing that one at karaoke as well. That's like a, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's it's kind of it's got such individuality because there's things that he can do that other people couldn't do. Yeah. Um. So the uh, one of the questions that I ask people moving on to the next artist, the Smiths, is that obviously with Morrissey. Um, <sighs> Uh, do you uh, I asked Ewan Robertson the photographer this and Dave Hook the rapper this um, it's about separating people from the uh, the art that they've created and where do you stand on that? Within reason mm-hmm. I mean I, I think probably your best to kind of ignore things that are going to ruin great art for you as long as it's not completely putting you in a moral quandary you know Um it's so unrealistic that you would agree with everything that a musician or any artist would think or say. I mean, that's kind of not what they're there to do. And actually, I've always felt I like people to be separate from their art as much as possible. And and so I like people who have got a certain amount of restraint about what they say. Um, It's one of the reasons why I've never used my name when I've been playing music, because it's not me. It's a thing that I'm creating. And... um, 
I kind of think that generally, like, music's better that way. It's better when people are able to kind of keep out of it and not interfere too much with the art that otherwise might say something more than than the the kind of nonsense they might spout politically or or whatever. You know, I I I I love so much of this mass music that there are times when. You know, I suppose if you could make that kind of ideal band, you would have Prince in there as well. That would be an interesting band. But um, <laughs> but you could just listen to the Smiths. I mean, the Smiths' discography is almost as much as you could ever really need to listen to. It's an amazing body of work for young young people who had, you know, pretty much I think just appeared in a, in a, a kind of burst of creativity, and then in a few years' time, it was all over. I mean, that's a uh, that's, that's a remarkable achievement. So, what what is it? But what are the core elements about the Smiths though that really shine for you? I mean, obviously, some people cite Johnny Marr and his guitar playing, or they cite you know the lyricism. And what what is it about them that just really spoke to you? It's a full it's a full thing that um, is almost like a living organism of its own. It doesn't you know I I don't break it up in terms of like the the individual players mm-hmm. and and you know the it's just the, the sort of whole thing, just the, the kind of collusion of the melancholy and the melody. And, you know, it is wordy and it's witty, but it's also really sort of straightforward and memorable. You know, there's there's few words there, really. I mean, the, the words are big and, and, you know, elaborate, but, you know, they, there's, n- there's nothing extra in the Smith music or songs. And, get to see them live no no No. I'm not old enough really I'm (laughs) joking (laughs) (laughs) no I'm not old enough to see the Smiths I mean they talk about reforming bands all the time and I don't why do that why revisit you know something that's gone no I just I just don't think that that well my other half that's his favourite band and I guess that that, like there's a prayer that that would never happen Um, I think it destroys it would destroy it almost totally um, so going back to Silver Chords, which um, is your release, you, you've put it out with um, Scottish Fiction. How did the relationship with Neil come about? We've done a lot of things together over the years in terms of, you know, gigs and, uh, and he, when he was doing his radio show, having me on. But it, it kind of, I think, built up to asking for a while, would you like me to put something out? The thing that he, he ended up suggesting was vinyl and I mean I'm probably going to annoy people saying this but I'm not a vinyl guy I'm not yeah. uh, that's just not my it's not my thing And um, but books are so I thought if I said to him well I'm actually writing a book to go along with it he would say ah, I'm going to call that a day and probably not put my, my, my hat in that ring but he did and I think if again it's just like if so many people had not 
really got on board with the idea. It would have died. I mean, I couldn't have done this by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's been remarkably supportive of the idea, but also of kind of waiting as well. I mean, it took a long time. I mean, I took overall about a year and a half to write the stories and refine them and perfect them and change things and do them again and whatever. Um, and that was not the that was not what he offered. He was offering to put a record out. So the fact that he stuck about while I was finishing this book as well really is is incredible. You know, I would not be doing this without. Heart-shaped knot in my stretched silver cord Like a rope that leads to heaven Our breaths and pockets caught Of our threadbare lived-in coats It's the hope that lifts eleven You're the first word on my tongue Till the last breath in my lung Hours of years that make me young Shoots of life have shot through the houses that we bought We left our shadows on them Boots hallways blood, but they're proof that we have walked The roof stops water falling You're the first word on my tongue Till the last breath in my lung Hours of years that make me young Fortune is not free Only in dreams Only in my dreams That I am not me I am you Threat finder It is as you believe Only in dreams Only in my dreams That I am not me Eyes closed fast can't see Word on my tongue till the last breath of my lung. Hours, years that make me young. You web wonder. Fortune is not free. Only in dreams, only in my dreams. Then I am not me. It is as you believe Only in dreams Only in my dreams 
What's influenced the stories that you've written about? Um, I know that I read that you, the separation of reality and fantasy and so on. Um, so, you know, what what has kind of brought this to life? I'm a really, really vivid dreamer. Yeah. And uh, for years now, songs have come out in my dreams. And my, I remember my dreams and they're in such detail that if I've had a bad one, it's with me all day. If I've had a good one, irrationally, it's with me all day as well. So it can have that amount of an influence. So I kind of wanted to give them a home, a proper home and tournament stories. So quite a lot of the stories came from actual dreams. Um, but in terms of like kind of what influenced them and in, in the way that I've written them, Partly it has been coming from lyrics, so I've been writing these two things at once and sometimes allowing one to influence the other. Um, but externally, I mean, I'm a big reader. I've I've got favourite uh, books and stories and things that have probably fed in as well. Favourite writers, Haruki Murakami. I love Paul Oster. Paul Oster is uh, probably, I think, the greatest living writer. I mean, he's... I, I couldn't hope to... <laughs> right as well as Paul Oster but definitely Paul Oster and, and other kind of uh, magical realism kind of writers like Jose Saramago uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez as well, lots of you know writers have just appealed to my uh, kind of kind of muddied state of you know being half in a dream quite a lot of the time you know because I, I mean I think anybody that's creative is probably quite deeply influenced by their dreams yeah. you know whether we're talking about literal dreams that they have at night or or just being kind of <laughs> a dreamer or whatever um, I just think I think writing and making anything is just magical and so I wanted to try and make as much as I could for this one project mm-hmm. um, so even like the the stories being honest the stories Sometimes they've been influenced. There's a little disclaimer saying that um, it's all uh, coincidental, but definitely there are some settings that when I drive past them now, nobody knows that that's where that story takes place, but that's where that story takes place. And similarly, nobody knows the dream that I've had that inspired that story and it happened in that building. I have that kind of... I have had that experience so many times over the years that I will go to a place and I've never been there before and I get a fright because I've dreamt it and I know everything that's around every corner. I know exactly where I am. I've been here before and I'm able to describe it. And I've 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 given my wife little frights like this. You know, it does happen to me. I know that I've been in lots of places before and I know that it's usually when I've been asleep. Mm-hmm. So to give that some sort of a, a home in the real world that doesn't <laughs> just sound totally hat stand write a story yeah you know use your use your use your imagination um beyond your sleep so did you write the stories first and then the songs afterwards a bit of both yeah actually i mean i had had this idea for a long time i am even longer than i'd talked about it with anybody else because i'm used to having so many ideas that people think are over ambitious or that are you know more work than anybody really needs to do but 
I love working. So mm-hmm. I, if, if I'm working on top of an idea, if I'm working from something imaginative, it doesn't really feel like work. It's a little like what we were talking about earlier, just like finding these little kind of spaces in your life that are totally yours, just to imagine, just to make things, just to be creative. So um, I was doing sometimes a little bit of back and forward and even like kind of realising things doing the when I was writing the the, the stories particularly, realising that there were all these connections that I hadn't meant to make in songs but I don't think anything's really an accident ever so I did, I did mean to do them, I just didn't know that that's what I was doing Um, and so then that that would feed into the stories as well and it was like, if I don't sound you know, too bizarre saying this. It was a little bit like lots of imaginary things talking to each other at once, mm-hmm. having conversations around me, and I could hear the songs and the stories talking to each other. That's what it felt like. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. I, I don't know if that's really an answer, but that's how I went about it. It was quite chaotic. I mean, there's no sort of structure or organisation. Your life I write is songs. quite like that, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's both organised and chaotic, but most you, definitely. I, I kind of get the impression that you quite enjoy that. I can manage everything. Yeah. I, I feel really, really comfortable spinning lots of plates. Yeah. I think it's always a lot easier for me to do a lot of things at once than mm-hmm. to do one. If I'm trying to do one thing, then my imagination starts interrupting. So I'm better to do a few things at once and keep my imagination busy. Yeah. Simon and Garfunkel, The Sound of Silence. They're, uh, they're my Beatles. Okay, so this song, I can't help but laugh because there's been so many, um, I guess, memes or videos that uh, it's uh, something bad's happened and you just see someone staring kind of <laughs> right, in okay. a forlorn manner like oh god things have gone to shit and then this song starts playing it's a oh but it's such a great it's a great song it's I think that for all it's kind of so well known and so uh, kind of popularised by culture it's like for a, a a folk song it's just got such such a kind of worldly awareness it's not like kind of dreamy and pastoral it's Really political and 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 actually really applies to now as well. Like kind of the way that people are so distracted. I'm touching my Apple Watch while I say this. Distracted by technology and distracted by all the modern things that kind of take us away from real communication. And that's I mean that's that's what I am most passionate about in life is just communication. Mm-hmm. I just think that's that is life, you know. So uh, anything that stands in the way of that, I'm. I'm really aware of, I'm wary of, and I kind of hate, even though I'm guilty of it like everybody is because of the world that we live in, there's just so many distractions. My brain still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone Now the streets of Palestine Am I allowed to talk about your profession briefly? To 
depends on how much detail. Uh, we won't go into too much detail um, at all. I just keep it quite generalised. But you, you are an English teacher. Yes. Um, how much of the um, music and popular culture do you bring in to your teaching? I'm probably quite a traditional teacher, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I've, I, I see them as separate things. I mean, yeah. I, I guess... It's who I am, so I'm never going to be a different person than, you know, uh, in one place and another. But I don't know, actually. I don't know how much how much I bring culture of my own interests or my own tastes into things, because I'm really aware as well that, you know, everybody's got different tastes and different perceptions of culture. I've become more and more cognizant of that and, you know, not want to superimpose my own... Even even with my own kids, I try not to indoctrinate them in my own musical tastes anymore. Um, although I was extremely proud of my eleven-year-old, the fact that he said he said to his little sister, um, "This song's got uh, this this album's got a song called Waking the Witch on it. Wait till you hear it." And he was talking about like track seven from Kate Bush's Hounds of Love. <laughs> it's just so unusual, you know. And I think it only come out of a, a household where obviously music and culture is so ingrained you know um, but I mean I think you've got to be careful with any kind of expectation that people are going to enjoy your tastes so um, I'm not protective of it but I would never assume that everybody yeah. would like the same things as me so I try to, uh, try to keep that to myself um, One uh, woman that you've that's been quite prominent throughout your musical life is, is Kristen Hirsch who you've selected next and you did uh, see, you played secret shows with her I've done quite a lot yeah, of gigs yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember when you first kind of were talking about I think you were um, were you is it fair to say you were a bit starstruck when you oh yeah yeah oh I mean Kristen since I was a really young teenager has been just omnipresent in my in my whole enjoyment of music you know um, she's always been my favourite musician pretty much um, there's there's so many reasons I mean the song Your Ghost which I've been lucky enough to sing with her on a number of occasions is just my it means so much to me I mean that was a I remember singing that song at my 16th birthday I mean there's just so many emotional connections to that song for me um, it was you know, on the first acoustic record that I ever really fell in love with. Follow my number, slide into my hand. It's the blaze across my nightgown. It's the phone's ring. just a remarkable song and it's so simple there's three chords in that song and the depth of the the lyrics and just the the images that it evokes in my head and just is such an astounding song and then fast forward you know 
all these years on and Kristen and I are pals and she she's one of the nicest people I've ever met. I mean mm-hmm. she's an incredibly generous and genuine person. I could talk to Kristen all day and yet there is that part of you in the background thinks this is Kristen Hirsch, this is somebody who has formed me musically throughout my whole life. You know, this is somebody who I will always, you know, go to musically and learn things from and, you know, we're sitting having a conversation. And it's but I think that's that's the beauty of music, you know, that it's for the people that really love music and the people that really accept they don't really understand what's happening and that it is kind of magical. Um you don't have pretensions about who created it, who made it, what part you've played in somebody else's musical education. The whole thing actually becomes a little bit embarrassing if you're too honest about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would never, to our face, acknowledge how important our music has been to me because it would just ruin our chat. Yeah. You know, we can't sit and talk about <laughs> ordinary things whilst I also tell her how important our music has been yeah. to me for my whole life. But of course it has, as it has for so many people. I mean, she's just one of the most elemental, important musicians of all time. Wow. And one of my favourite people in the world. Yeah. Um, So, moving on to favourites, and a favourite for both of us. And you're the first... So, I was saying, this is my favourite band of all time, and you're the first person to play them on the podcast. and. Um, so I get really excited when people play because someone played Bjork not long ago and now we've got Nirvana Um, so I mean obviously their catalogue is huge Um, Lithium why Lithium Um, why did you pick this song that was the first song that I really loved and ironically I couldn't hear it when I I first encountered it that's going to sound really strange like a lot of things I say (laughs) but uh, it was, it was in the strangest place. It was in a bowling alley when I was a teenager and I saw the video for Lithium before I ever heard the song. And I, I didn't even know it was Nirvana. I didn't I, I didn't know anything about what I was seeing except that I wanted to know what that sounded like. I could only hear the sounds of Skittles, which is a different uh, version of the sound of silence. <laughs> um, it's a lesser known one. It's a, it's a B-side tucked away somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could only hear Skittles. And I, yeah, I'm looking at this just chaotic, amazing, alive scene of people jumping off of a stage and this shaggy-haired kind of just it it yeah, Kurt Cobain just is I can't even describe what Kurt Cobain looked like to a teenager. I mean, at that time, it just you you know I think everybody probably immediately started growing their hair the moment they saw Nirvana. I mean, it was just just an incredible, incredible band and and just funny that I would fall so hard in love with that band without even even, even being able to hear it. I just knew, yeah. looking at it, it was exactly what I was looking for. And um, of course, when you hear it, I mean, it's, it's pointed the way for so many songs and bands that I've loved since, you know. And this is now a long time, you know, that I've been listening to that. I was listening to that tonight while I was driving in.
I mean, what else am I going to listen to? Yeah. Put Nirvana on. I mean, it's not as if it's we're talking about Prince being the greatest musician that's ever lived. And then, you know, it just shows you how inscrutable music is, that it can be as simple as Nirvana often is, and yet that magic's there. It's the same magic. Yeah. There's this kind of, I just think it's, it's kind of difficult to put your finger on what it is that makes, what is it that makes music? Why is, why is music so affecting? But I think, you know, it's the most immediate art form. It's the, it's the thing that you don't have to have any understanding or experience to come to it and be touched by it. And, and that's why a, a band like Nirvana, when, you know, you're a teenager and you hear it at the right time, it just says to you something that will echo forever, you know. The teenager never really goes away and and, and, and you're inside of yourself and and so I still hear the same things but just growing and and just profundity and power, you know, over time. It's only becoming more powerful to me every yeah. time I hear it. Yeah, no, and I, I can't totally explain. Yeah. I mean, I know so much more about music than I did then. I could barely play the guitar when I started trying to rip off Nirvana. <laughs> and that was probably a way of arriving at a sort of fair uh, kind of approximation because Nirvana is sort of at its best. It's not about being cultured and perfect. It's about something raw. So you shouldn't know too much probably to try and create that kind of uh, music. But yet, as you become more musically aware and become more just aware generally, more alive and more adult, you know, you hear it in a different way. Especially when, I mean, as a young man when he made those, you know, those incredible uh, songs and and yet, you know, as you get older, you just hear more and more depth to it. Gosh, I love Nirvana. I know, bloody hell. I really, really love Nirvana. It's really nice to hear that because um, I love them as probably as much as you do. Um, and I miss them every single day. Um, it's it's really quite hard. Uh, um, I want to thank you for because I know how busy you are. I want to thank you for coming in to speak to me. My fucking Siri. Uh, and You've got to leave that in. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, let's like do that. it. Let's keep it in because we were talking about technology. Eh? Um, and uh, I wish you all the best. And it's been so wonderful catching up after all these years um, because it, I do feel that you're a really important part of of my kind of blogging journey because uh, you've always been present throughout podcast and there's a there's a kind of group of you that have been there from hmm. the start so um i'm just really uh pleased that this has happened um and yeah it's it's beautiful so yeah congratulations thank you so much 